0: Shades and Justice podcast. We are so excited you are here with us on today. My name is Dr. Evelyn Heal and you can find me at www.doctorevelynheal.net. Thank you so much for stopping by because oh boy you're in for a treat on tonight. You get to hear one of my very dearest friends, Dr. Jackie Hadnot. Now. Before you get started, just let me tell you just a few of the many accomplishments that she has done. She is an author. She is a conference speaker, and she is a pastor, and my goodness, she has written over 25 books. Wow. She is a life coach. She is an entrepreneur. She is a TV host with Kingdom Purpose TV and a radio host with Kingdom Purpose Radio. Wow, so today we are just honored to have Jackie Head out with us. And guess what? She is gonna be talking about healing after sexual assault. So as you know, those that's been following me, we have been in a special series called Breaking Layers of Injustice for Women. And one of my guests had to be on my show that would actually deal with the healing part. And so this young lady, Dr. Jackie Hadnot, is well qualified to fit into those shoes. Welcome Dr. Hadnot.
1: Thank you, sis. Thank you for having me. It is an honor to be here with my favorite sister in a whole wide world, just to be with you and fellowship with you and help some of the people that need to hear about healing and wholeness.
0: Yes, thank you, uh, doctor. Now, I shared a few things about you. Would you like to share anything else right now? And we We'll come back and, uh, of course, later on, and also have you share even more. You'd like to share anything about you now? You're welcome.
1: The only thing I'd like to share is my passion is to see people walk in the fullness of life. And in order to do that, there must be healing and there must be wholeness. If we're going to walk in the fullness of all that life has to offer us, that's it.
0: Okay, thank you, and oh my goodness, so true.
1: So here is
0: our first question for the evening. Again, I just want to say thank you so much. It has been written, and I dare to say it's probably not 100% true. But it has been said that one in five women have been sexually assaulted during their lifetime. One in five. However, that number does not include those that never reported it. So, in your opinion, why do many choose not to report the sexual abuse that they have had to endure?
1: Wow. I would say two things. Number one, fear. Yes. That is the biggest proponent of underreporting. And the second one is shame. And I say shame because oftentimes women blame themselves for being in that situation. Even as a, a, a child, some of the children don't report it because they're the fear and then adult women because of fear and shame. So mm-hmm. that is, those are the two biggest proponents for women not reporting it, or they also feel that they're not going to be believed.
0: So true, I, I totally believe that. And unfortunately, because of fear, false evidence appearing real, uh, the women absolutely won't disclose the abuser.
1: Absolutely.
0: And they're afraid of the response of those who, once they find out, then you know the retaliation that could be upon that individual. So I, I agree totally. So here's another question for you. If a person had to endure sexual abuse for years as a child from a father, a stepfather, a boyfriend, a a mom or auntie, what words of comfort can we share with that person? And what might be the first five steps
1: toward their healing? The first thing I would say to them, sis, is this. It's not your fault. You were an innocent child put in a a traumatic situation. So it's not your fault. Don't blame yourself. Don't walk. continue to walk in the fear of what that person might say or do to you Mm -hmm. because you're ready to come forward because you want to be healed. Mm -hmm. A lot of times women and men don't report their abuse because they're afraid of their abuser or they're afraid, or sometimes even the families will do, say this to them, oh, you don't talk about that. That's family business. Mm -hmm, So they mm -hmm. sweep it up under the rug. And here this child is growing up with all of this trauma inside of them. Mm -hmm. I would go so far as to say a form of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. And it brings on, uh, I had one young lady that I counseled and she wasn't always as thick as she is. And Mm -hmm. the reason why she gained so much weight was her comfort was in eating to hide the abuse that she was subjected to. Mm-hmm. So she ate and ate and ate herself into obesity because mm-hmm. she didn't feel like she had another way out. But she wasn't always that size. It was the trauma and the fear and the shame and everything that went along with it that she couldn't tell. So she just ate herself into obesity. Mm-hmm. That, that is, I would like to add that to it. And to say some of the things that would help Healing is, first of all, you got to first admit it.
0: Very you got to
1: face, face what happened to you, whether mm-hmm. you do it in a journal, whether you go in. And I tell everybody, seek counseling. Counseling is so important to deal with the trauma of mm-hmm. everything that went on, no matter whether it was in your childhood, your teenage years, whether it was a, a father, a mother, uncle, or cousin. Just take the time to, first of all, acknowledge what happened. I didn't say wallow in it, but acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. This is what happened to me. And I would tell anyone, I tell my all my clients, you need to journal it. Mm-hmm. Go back to the beginning. Go back to the root cause. Go back to the, the day that it first happened and come all the way forward. And it's mm-hmm. going to be very therapeutic to write it out. You may not get to read it to your abuser, but that is not about them. It's about you. It's about the person that has to face that trauma and just mm-hmm. begin to write it as detailed. And one of the things that I've often found is the more they write, the more they remember and things that happened in their life that they didn't even remember that happened. And, they, and oh. one of my clients, she said, I didn't realize that I, that happened to me and that happened and that happened. And then I said, now, now that you've journaled all of that, I want you to write a letter. That would be the mm-hmm. next thing. Write a letter mm-hmm. to everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Write a letter to the abuser. Mm-hmm. Write a letter if your if your mother knew about it and did nothing about it, write a letter to your mother, write a letter to your father, write letters. And then when you finish writing letters to all of them, write a letter to your younger self. And wow. then take those letters and with your therapist or someone you're comfortable with, read them out loud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm and face the trauma that, that, that you're going through. And once that's finished, take those letters and you're gonna burn them because you're gonna burn away the past. You're going to acknowledge it. You're going to walk through it. You're gonna confront because some of your abusers, they may not be alive, but this letter is really not about them. It's about the person and their healing. Mm-hmm. And then we, I would say to them, let's plot a course on what what does your life, the question would be, what what do you want your life to look like Mm -hmm. post-trauma? What do you want your life to look like? And let's develop a plan for that Mm post-trauma. Now, those are the things I would say to anyone that is going through this kind of traumatic experience.
0: Well, I wrote those down. You said, acknowledge that it happened. You said, write a letter to the abuser. Then you said, write a letter to your younger self, and then write a letter to whoever all else that you think needed to know this, if it was mom or whoever. And then um, burn the letters after you go get, after you take the letters to the counselor, then you burn them Now that is a strategy that's, and in the midst of all that writing, you are participating in a healing process for you.
1: Yes. That is so awesome. That's true. And don't forget journal everything that happened. Yeah. That's Be the sure other journal. Yeah. Journal everything that happens because from the journal, then you can begin to write the letters. Okay. And then I noticed you also said, what?
0: will your life look like now that all this is over? What do you want your life to look like now? Actually, Wow. So, so in other words, you're moving from the point of the discouragement, the shame, the fear, and to a point where now you're empowered to yes. move on with your life, with Absolutely. joy
1: and happiness. Okay. Very That's good. Right. Oh, my. And- healthy relationships Mm -hmm. because usually people that are suffering from trauma, from abuse, from abuse, Mm -hmm. they have a hard time cultivating healthy relationships. Yes. With especially healthy relationships with the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. So that in itself, because of the anger, because there's a lot of anger that goes along with being abused because you never got to express yourself. You never got to defend yourself. You never got to speak your mind or your peace about it. So there's always Mm -hmm. that anger component that goes with it. So when in women, it comes out as they call us, you know, angry, angry women, whether you're black, white, red, green, or brown, angry women. And same thing with men that are abused, they have a hard time with trust issues, trusting, if they were abused by a man, trust issues with men. Abused by a woman, trust issue, trust issues or trust issues. That's right. And then right. if you were abused by someone in authority, you know a lot of people coming out of abuse within the church, mm-hmm. they have a issue with authority, and they have yes. a problem yes. dealing with people that walk in authority because they were abused by someone in authority. so mm-hmm. that's it.
0: Wow, okay, boy, this is this is excellent because. Doing this whole journey with this new series, I really look for individuals to kind of share step-by-step step some ways of healing. And this takes us right to where I was looking for. So thank awesome. you for sharing that. Um, here's, here's a couple of other things. Um, what if a person was sexually abused as a child and was told family members, you are always fast and you probably wanted it. How does one get past family members who are in denial and choose to blame the victim of the abuse instead of the abuser?
1: That happens more times than we even realize. Because the family members, first of all, don't want to admit that there's a problem within the family, within the nucleus of the family. They Mm -hmm. don't want to admit that there's incest in the family, so they sweep Mm -hmm. it under the rug. They don't want to admit that someone that they trust, they love could be Mm -hmm. this heinous towards children. So the best thing for them to do is sweep it under the rug and deny it and tell Mm -hmm. you that, and then blame it on the child as if the child is going out seeking Mm. abuse, going out or you just being fast. And I've had so many women say that that's what they're, especially if the mother was, the the child was abused by the mother's boyfriend or husband or stepfather. The first thing they say is, oh, you wanted it. Oh, you're lying on him. Oh, that didn't happen. So mm-hmm. they are in, in denial, first of all, that the man would want a child over them. Yes. Because now it becomes an insecurity thing with the woman.
0: Yes. So wow. Let's just stop right there for a minute. That the abuser would prefer the child over the mother. Yes. And it becomes a security thing.
1: Absolutely. So
0: we never hear anything like that. We don't hear these kind of conversations. That's why I'm so glad you are sharing this with us, because you are in the face of the enemy saying, okay, I'm revealing all this stuff to you. So if I got a boyfriend and I got a cute little young daughter who's got everything in place, ain't nothing sagging like mama's. And she's plump and pretty. And he really wants that little sweet thing, but he keeps you thinking that, oh, I would never do anything like that. Do you remember watching the movie, Woman Thou Art Loose? And in the movie, the young lady tells mom that this man is raping her and of course mom does like we just said mm-hmm. and what got me in the movie was she kept asking him like he was going to tell the truth are you did you touch my daughter oh, come on people he's not going to say oh yeah i'm a pervert you know he's yeah. not
1: going to do it oh no he's not going to say it and he's going to take that lie to the grave yes yes so we as
0: moms and fathers depending what's happening or other family members we got to be the one to step up to the table and realize the truth and That's offer right. some help we, we, we've yeah. got to do it we've got to do it. Right to do
1: it here's another side of that before you go to the next question is okay. mama is so desperate for a man ooh, that she'll <laughs> let any and everything Girl, go on you in her house stop. you better stop then will let yeah, she's so desperate for a man, you know, some, and I'm yes. just going to keep it real. She just wants some warm thighs in those cold sheets. Well, so she doesn't care what goes on in her house as wow. long as that man is there. So if your children are being beaten, you're going to keep the wow. man there. The, your mm. your children, your daughters are sons. And some of these men aren't even after girls. Some of them are after right. boys. Yes, absolutely.
0: So it's not just
1: the daughters are being abused. But her mind, the the mother's mindset is so warped that she got to have a man that she is literally sacrificing her children for the sake of having a man in the house.
0: That is wow. And, And we say that and, you know, we think, okay, that's so sad. And who would do that? But reality is it's much more common than what we would want to think. And here here is the benefit of this podcast. If you hear this and this is you or somebody in your family, now is the time for change. You are going to be empowered today. As you listen to this podcast, you're going to be empowered to make a move and take some steps towards deliverance, towards freedom, even, even if you're guilty of, you know, man, I, I, you know, I really do want a man and I, I need, you know, I do like my brother and he looked good, he smelled good, he says the right things. But yet he's still doing what he's doing to you, to your children. Okay. It's still a time for change. You can still be delivered. We're going to get into that in just a little bit, Dr. Um, had not And so I want to go to this other question uh, about pastors. And we we may go over time and that's fine. That That's fine. Because I really want to dig into this and I, I want you to have some freedom here. So Here here is my next question, which this breaks my heart when I'm being raised, asking now, how should individuals react to sexual abuse from pastors and church leaders? Should the pastor be protected? Should the pastor be exposed? Should the pastor or church leaders be reported of the crime they have committed? Wow. (laughs)
1: Excellent question. First of all, (laughs) let me just be, because I am a pastor and I'm just going to approach it from the standpoint of, first of all, I'm a woman, I'm a mother, I'm a grandmother, and then I'm a pastor. Yes. The person doing the abuse needs to be exposed. But so often in the church, we sweep it under the rug. They're abusing Children, They're abusing women, they're abusing little boys. They're just abusers. They're nothing but uh, glorified pedophiles in a three piece suit. So Mm -hmm. why would we continually protect people that are destroying the lives of our children? There Mm -hmm. are are men and women in positions of authority that are abusing that power. It's nothing but abuse of power. Mm -hmm. So if they're abusing the power of one child, What makes you think that they're not gonna do it to another and another and another and another? It's gonna be a perpetual thing with them because they got away with it the first time because people swept it up under the rug. That's what's wrong now with the church. We're so busy covering up things that we cannot get to the heart of what God is saying about it. Would God be pleased with a man defiling children? No. Would God be pleased with a man beating his wife? No. Would God be pleased with a man stealing from the church, robbing from the church, raping the church? No, because that is not Christ-like, Christ-minded behavior. Those are mm-hmm. the behaviors of a, a predator. So there should mm-hmm. be no predators in the church. I'm going to say that on that.
0: <laughs> wow, I just want to say amen. That's, <laughs> that's what I want to say is amen. As I was um Thinking about this whole topic, I spoke to an individual who at a young age had began to be used by one of the pastors. And that individual told me after the act had been done, they didn't wanna upset that pastor's family. They knew the wife was close to the wife, it was close to the kids and would babysit and all that. But the man, on the other hand, was taking advantage of this young girl who was in her teens and taking advantage of her. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And that was her response. She didn't want to hurt the family. And somehow, like you were saying earlier, she took the blame. Maybe it was something she did. Maybe it was something she said. And she didn't know how to get out of it. She, she, instead of leaving the church, it looks like they pulled her in even tighter. And so do you just run, you know, people say that, I supposed to church hop and people say this and people mm. say that, but I would say, and then I definitely would love to hear your opinion. If that's the case in the church, get out of there, get out of there. Absolutely. You know, that's not, that's not of God. That's strictly of man.
1: Go ahead, doctor. Wow, Dr. Evelyn, that is a very valid point. So often the church uses shame and they use manipulation, which is nothing but witchcraft, to keep people in the church. Because if I get away from the church, maybe I'll tell what I'm doing. But as long as you keep a person close, you can continually brainwash them into yes. believing that they need to be there, believing that they need that leadership for that their destiny, but really is manipulation to keep me quiet and keep me in a place where I'm still your sex toy. Keep me in a place where you can still keep doing whatever you're doing to me. And then when you're done with me, you're gonna to toss me to the side and go get somebody else. It happens all the time and people are using the church as a tool for manipulation to make it, they're nothing but basically sex traffickers. Because mm-hmm. once they finish with you, they may pass you around to their buddies because you're so naive up here mm-hmm. that you don't mm-hmm. see what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I would tell any woman that has encountered a leader that is using her for any sexual gratification, run, tell somebody, stop worried about what his family's gonna say because if you don't expose him now, what about the next child and the next child yes. and the next yes. woman that gets into that position because you kept quiet, everybody shouldn't be we should not be protecting pedophiles we should not be Absolutely. protecting predators mm-hmm.
0: i appreciate those words so much the the word you use shame and control and manipulation it's so prevalent in our churches and and, and i'm not a church. I I love the Lord. I I just, one of the things that I want to do is just be real. I just want to be real. I, and I have seen this stuff happen and I just, I want like others, I I, I want others to be empowered to get free. Now, now listen, once you leave the church, cut those people off. What does I mean by that? Don't accept calls, emails, Mm -hmm. block your numbers, all of that. And start over. You get toward freedom, and and then beware wherever you go next. Make sure you're not somebody else's target. From then on, you you know the the signs. And if stuff triggers you, get out of that one. I you know. But I love what you said at the beginning of, the, of this uh, series. You said get counsel, get counseling, and Dr. Jackie just. Talk to us a little bit about counseling. Why is it that many church people don't believe they need counseling? (laughs) If they get it from their pastor, that's it. But if the, excuse me what I'm getting ready to say, if the pastor is using them for a sex toy, well, then that's
1: not the person to get counsel from. That's right. So often, especially in the African-American community, Mm -hmm. we're told that it's taboo to go and get counseling. Yes. You don't te- you don't air your family's dirty laundry. You don't tell that. You don't do this. And so you have a person who is in leadership or hoping to be in leadership, whether it be in church or in the business. And now we are leading and bleeding. Ooh. Because, yeah, we're leading, sis, and we're bleeding. Because yes. we're, God wants to use us mightily, but we haven't been healed from mm. the abuse that we suffered at the hands of someone in leadership. So mm-hmm. here we are now leading and bleeding and we can't get healed. Therefore, we can't be an instrument for healing because mm-hmm. we're still walking in the pain and the shame and the damages that were done by leadership. Mm-hmm. And so here we are in a place where, again, God wants to use us mightily, but we're so fragmented that we can't help anybody.
0: Oh, my. That is, you know, if, if, if walls could talk, if walls could talk, they would tell us, sit down for a minute and get yourself healed take time out for you be refreshed get 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 isolated only to the point where you're in worship and praise by yourself in in your prayer closet and allowing the holy spirit to minister unto you and that along with counsel from your life coach or your counselor and the word of god there is absolute healing available. Absolutely. 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 Healing is available. So I love this part about um, the shame and the control and the power manipulation, and it's okay to leave the church. And uh, and you don't have to stay away forever. I mean, you can always find another church you can go to, and, and now there are options online, even while you're you know, waiting for God to lead you somewhere else. And it's just the, the grace of God is so powerful. He can't wait to heal you. But as you take these steps of journaling and taking time out to read the word and get counseling, while all of that is the grace of God just pouring uh, oil over you to anoint you and encourage you and strengthen you and empower you so that that same pain can be turned to power and you can help someone else. Absolutely, absolutely. That is is awesome. So here's another one for you. There are many single women in our communities with live in and stay over boyfriends that could prey on their children. How should mothers protect their children?
1: Wow. And you know, it happens more than people will admit. Mm-hmm. And I've counseled women that have had boyf- their mothers had boyfriends and live in lovers and the, the the mother would go to sleep at night and the boyfriend would creep into the room and, and touch the little children, whether it be yes. boys or girls yeah. or whoever. Yes. And yeah. the shame and the threats, here's what would happen to the children. If you tell your mother, I'll kill you. And mm-hmm. so here the t- child is terrified. Yeah. So I would say to any woman, is the health of your child really worth it? Mm. You having a man, if you got to have a man baby, go to his house. Why does he always have to come to your house? If you oh, want to yes. get your your jiggy on, go to his house. If you want your jiggy on, go to a hotel. Why does mm-hmm. he always have to come to your house? Oh, you don't know what to do. When my daughter was growing up and i would have you know gentlemen friends come over for dinner or something Oh, mm-hmm. baby, you can't stay when my, my my daughter wake up in the morning you got to be gone mm-hmm. you can't be up in here oh no mm-hmm. no no and there were times when i my husband it took me six weeks to give him my phone number let alone wow. come to my house we've been together 21 25 years together uh-huh. but when i first met him i these were the words i said to him he said why don't you invite me to your house? I said, I don't know anything about you. You must have a man living in your house. No, not necessarily. I said, here's the problem with what you're asking me. I have a my daughter was 16, I believe, back then. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't know anything about you. And I said, you might come in my house and chop us up in a little bit of dog treats. <laughs> so you can come to my house. Are you quoting yourself on the dog treats? You really said that? Wow. I really said it. I said, you might try to chop us up in a little bit of dog treats. I don't know anything about you. Mm-hmm. So it took me six weeks to just give him my phone number because I'm very, I was very cautious about what was around my daughter. Mm-hmm. And so he finally understood when I told him that because he thought I had a man. I don't have a man in my house, but mm-hmm. I don't know anything about you. And no, we, we're not going out like that.
0: Oh, that's excellent. Um, that goes back to the fact you weren't desperate. You were willing to wait. You you were willing to wait. And mm-hmm. that, is, that is where we as women have to be, whether we're divorced, whether we already have kids. It doesn't even matter whether we've never been married before or not. We have to get to the point where we're not desperate. And we just let anybody in. We're easily manipulated, easily controlled. We have to be able use what God has given us which That's is right which is good sense we have to be able to do that